Cats. Welcome back, everyone, to the Flames Report podcast. I'm Taryn Joe Vinning, also known as Straight Out of Calgary. And we're back. <laughs> Took us a while, but we've finally mustered up the courage and uh, found the time to record a podcast episode. And I'm here with my co-host, Harkira. How are you doing, Harkira? I'm well. How yeah, that's uh, I've been chilling, uh, obviously, now watching the Flames kill it this year. It's, it's been fun. And then obviously school has been a major factor. So how's how's that going for you? Yeah, school's been a tough year going back in person on campus, but uh, yeah, that's yeah. going. Yep, yep. Enjoying it, but it's also a tough transition because going from on cat like in 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 person and then to online and now back, it's kind of weird. But hey, we'll take it. Uh, uh, taking the chaos and running with it. Yeah. So to start things off, obviously the Flames have been killing it this year. Uh, 35 15 and 7 year round uh a plus 61 goal differential which is amazing and then obviously we saw that win last night against Tampa Bay back to back Stanley Cup champions they won 5-1 obviously the big game from Johnny Gaudreau he got the hattie and um Jacob Markstrom solid again uh just phenomenal game last night it was fun to watch uh what did you think yeah, I, I 100% agree. The Flames have been absolutely killing it this whole whole year. And mm-hmm. yesterday's win was amazing with Johnny getting the hat trick. And Markstrom, obviously, it, it was a, a battle of goalies. Both Vasi and Marky were both going at it. But in the end, Marky was able to make a couple more saves and the Flames were able to get the win. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't like... I thought it was going to be much closer than it was at mm-hmm. the end. Obviously, they got like... Obviously, Johnny got the hat trick, and then it obviously like the two goals in a minute and a half at the end of the period, and then Vasilevsky was solid, Markstrom was solid, so it, it was a it was a fun game to watch. And then obviously the two games, three games before, we'll be counting Colorado as well. Those were entertaining too, apart from obviously Washington. Uh, don't know what happened in that game. It, it, it looked sloppy from the start, like they had the two nothing lead, and then. They came back. Uh, I think it was three one or three three nothing. Yeah, yep, yep. It was uh, two nothing, and then it just went back and forth until the very end. Until uh, they won it in uh, OT. No, not OT. I'm stupid. Never mind. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was a tough game to watch. Uh, Alex Ovechkin obviously tied the record for third all time in goals with Yarmir Yager. Thankfully, he didn't beat it. Uh, I thank I thank Elias Lindholm for flying right at him when he had the chance at the empty netter. Sure. <laughs> yeah, so I, I thought he wouldn't score against the Oilers on Wednesday, but the the team up north held him out. And then, yeah, obviously the game on Monday was the best game of the week so far because obviously every time every time he beat the Oilers, that's obviously a fun game to watch. Uh, people thought it was boring. I you get that in a tight game like that. Obviously, there wasn't the fireworks that we've been accustomed to in the past Battle of Alberta's, but it, it it was a close game till the very end. Obviously, the one goal that the Oilers got shouldn't have even been a goal because they went off the ref. That was a that was a fluke goal, and it was, yeah. it was hard to watch that one. You you think like uh, as 
seeing previous flames, you you'd see that one goal to fluke, they may come off and stop playing as well as they had been. Yeah. But no, uh, I, I counted to Daryl Slaughter. He kept them in the in the game and they were able to tweak out the win. Yeah, that that's one thing that's changed. Like not just the first thing or the only thing. There it's one of the many things that one of the many things that we've seen that has changed in this with this team. Obviously, last year uh, didn't have the best of years, and the team would always fall flat. They'd take the league lead, they'd sit on it, they wouldn't advance it. They they just be happy with the two nothing lead. They'd obviously just sit there and then allow the other team to come back, and then they just end up losing the game, fall flat, and just there was nothing to do there. And this year, obviously, we've seen it enough where if they get that lead, they keep going. They they don't let the other team get much. And if they do, they they don't fall back and just lose all confidence in their game. And compared to previous years, like last year, 1920, 19, the team has structure for the first time. Yeah. Jeff Ward didn't have that structure. Bill Peters didn't have that structure. And finally, under Daryl Sutter, we're seeing it that the team has that identity, that structure that they're playing towards. It, it, it's hard to play against the Calgary Flames. It really is. And really is yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, especially at the Saddle Dome, we've made it a tough place to pay, play in uh, as of January after the, after the Ottawa game where they lost 4-1. And coming into this year, uh, obviously people were kind of, over the fence and just like sitting there thinking that, Oh, th- this team probably won't go anywhere. Um, obviously there were those doubts uh, strictly because of not fall alike, keeping the same core as last year where we saw nothing really happened, but Daryl Sutter did turn the team around last year at the very end when he was hired. And I, I, I saw it coming because, he did like a full a full training camp under Daryl Sutter was obviously going to help the team, and it it obviously has. Uh, and getting the career years from Johnny Lindholm, uh, Chucky, and then Markstrom being one of the best goalies in the league, it's obviously helped. And adding guys like Coleman and uh, Tyler Toffoli, which we'll obviously get into the latter half of the episode. But it's obviously done wonders for this team. Like the scoring from the bottom six obviously isn't as much prominent as we'd hope, but we're still getting that input from guys like uh, Ruzichka, who's been solid. Uh, obviously, Toffoli is scoring 12 points in 12 games so far. And yeah, well, what are your thoughts? Like, just, just give me a rundown, Harkirit. Yeah, honestly, these players have been playing all everyone pretty much on this team is having career years. I remember in yesterday's game, they showed the six defensemen and I believe mm-hmm. out of four to six have already hit career, uh, like highest points per, uh, yep. in their season. And I think two, two of them, I think it was Hannafin and um, it's the other one I can't remember, but the, you get the point that mm-hmm. our defensemen are pushing up and helping the rush, which we did not see last year. And mm-hmm. they're getting engaged in the play. And then obviously got the career years from Johnny Lindholm and Kachuk, which who with that liner is playing complete, like amazing hockey, like two-way hockey. It's not like mm-hmm. in 18-19 we saw with... Just uh, one-sided. Bill, mm-hmm. Yeah, under Bill Peters, it was more rush hockey. You were able to yep. 
with the speed and that, that quick attack, you were able to score the goals. But mm. I, I think it's a completely different system under Joe Sutter with him. And he they've he's taught them, I guess, or, or revamped their hockey to to play that more two-way game, but not not give away that offensive ability for defense. It's it's more um they're playing that two-way game. And uh even you're getting that uh depth coming off of like especially that second line too they've been playing crazy we haven't had that like second line after you put Kachuk on that top line with Lintel Johnny there wasn't that much uh of power offensive power coming from our mm-hmm. second third and fourth line but you got Blackland Coleman and uh Mangiapane usually together uh mm-hmm. being able to play that two-way hockey as well and you're also getting some depth from guys like Muzitska like Lucci's had a couple of very good games, you know, Monaghan, maybe not Monaghan, yeah. they have been struggling a bit here, but they, they've, they've shown a couple of games here that they've been able to produce a little bit. You know, you got that uh, trade for Tyler Toffoli, which we'll get into overall, the team's just been playing amazing. And on the backs of guys like Markstrom and Dan Delar, who played out of their mind in most games. They're yeah, good definitely. Good tandem to work on, which you got the big starter with uh, Markstrom. And mm-hmm. then you got the young guy with Dan Blair, and you've seen Markstrom in between um, in between plays when Markstrom's on the bench, he'll go over to Dan and and they'll talk. He'll he's properly mentoring the kid, and, mm-hmm. and it's it's really working. Yeah, and especially for Vladar being so young and he's already in the league. Obviously, coming for like the words coming from Markstrom are huge to him because he is one of the better goalies in the league. At like top five I will say he's top five um he, he's been phenomenal like the first year it did take him some time to get adjusted to the flame system and stuff like that obviously going through two coaches didn't help much uh but the bounce back season for Marky has been amazing and it's been fun to watch uh I've been on the Marky train since the very start uh I actually like the deal. People were like, ah, it's it's six million for six years. What are they doing? Yeah. They could have spent money on a forward or uh like even Tanev. Like people were like, I I I'll be the first one to say I wasn't really the happiest when uh Chris Tanev was signed to that just because of his injury history and uh stuff like that. But He's he's proved he's proved me wrong on many occasions, um, but getting back to Markstrom mentoring, uh, Vladar and just taking the reins as one of the leaders in the locker room. Uh, I remember they were talking about it in the intermission uh, yesterday about how Markstrom is uh, one of the leaders in the locker room. He 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 may not raise his voice as much, but when he does the the guys in the locker room do listen and they do think they think of him very highly. And uh, obviously Markstrom is one of the bigger pieces uh, earning some of the top, top dollar in the league and on the team right now. But obviously this team has been phenomenal this year. Uh, It's just, it's just been fun to watch, especially after uh, the disaster year last year. And it's 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 been phenomenal and obviously johnny goodrow the man the myth the legend uh he's he's fourth on the list for points in the whole league at the moment he's just under uh connor mcdavid leon dry and jonathan huberto he's uh two points back of uh 
Leon Dreisaitl. And in 57 games, he has 77 points. And he's still killing it, still going off. Fourth in the league in points, as I said. Uh, 26 goals, 51 assists. Uh, 51 of those points are 5v5 points, and that's first in the league. Uh, 64 of those points are primary points, first in the league. And when uh, Johnny Goudreau was on the ice at 5v5, the Flames are up 68 to 25. The dude's been killing it this year. What are your thoughts on Johnny Hockey this year, Harkira? Yeah, Johnny Hockey, he, he's amazing. We've, but we've seen it before. It's not yeah. like this is like it's nothing a new. breakout season. It's nothing yeah. new. It's just now the league's taking notice. Like mm-hmm. um, the other day in the press conference with uh, Daryl, uh, one of the, I think it was Eric, Eric Francis. Dude, yep. He asked uh, <laughs> Daryl, is Johnny Goudreau a star now? And, and Daryl's like, he's been a star. I've always said he's a star. It's just you reporters, the media have been saying yep. he's not going to work under this Daryl Sutter system. But uh, Daryl came back and hit, hit the media and saying <laughs> that he's always been a star. I've always said he's the star. And I, I do believe, like, Johnny Goudreau, this is this is some of the best hockey we've ever seen him play. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe, like, that line is just amazing, that top line. You, you said those One of the best in the league. One of the best in the league. Yeah. Definitely top three in the league in terms of a trio, a forward trio. They're definitely top three in the league. Yeah, when they're going, they're going. It's like mm-hmm. and there's barely any games where, like, you, you see Johnny Goudreau off the stats sheet. He's, he's yeah. amazing, these He's uh, half this, more than half the season, and uh, hopefully he most likely will, but he'll continue with his pace, and we'll see about the heart. Yeah, and uh, for those like yeah, Harky referenced the clip about Daryl Sutter. Uh, obviously, Daryl uh, going into uh, the hiring of Daryl Sutter, people were like. Johnny Goodrill is not going to succeed under Daryl Sutter. He's not fit for his system, this and that. And he did prove, he, he proved many people wrong, especially people in the media that made the outside noise, like the outside noise. And he, he's proved a lot of people wrong. Like obviously after 1819, he hit the 99 point mark, uh, which it's, it's nothing new for Johnny. And then the year after like he would, he didn't even have a bad year. But people still said, oh, Johnny Goodrow, what is what is wrong with him? He's not a top 10 player in the league anymore. He's not this. He's not that. But if anything that Flames fans have seen is that when Johnny Goodrow is on the ice, the Flames are at the top of their game. Anything that goes through, anything that goes through Johnny Goodrow, it's, it's, it's gold. Even on the power play. Who sets up the most goals? Johnny Goodrow. Even on five v five, majority of majority of uh, Elias Lindholm's and uh, Matthew Kachuk's points have definitely come off the hands of Johnny Gaudreau, and he's been the top. He's been one of the best players in the league, and I think he has to be one of the names on uh, Hart ballot. Definitely does. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. Like the Hearts, uh, well, people have been saying obviously Shushurkin's name yep. coming around. He's having an amazing season. And so the heart battle, is it's going to be a very, very close one, I'd say, with Huberto, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Johnny, like Matthews, you got Shashurkin, and then there's like mm. a couple other names there, and it's going to be a very close one. But I think 100%, Johnny Goudreau's name at least has to be on that ballot with the, mm-hmm. at least a couple of votes here and there. But it's going to Yeah, be very it's like, we're not even like, it sounds like oh, oh, we're uh, talking like the season's done, but it's not even done. 
we're like yeah. not even like 10, 10 and a half games over uh, the halfway mark of the season. There's still many, many games ahead. And, and the race is just very, very close at the moment because Johnny right now, he sits, he sits two points back of Leon Dreisaitl, who has uh, 79 points. And then on top of him is uh, Connor McDavid with just two more. And then Jonathan Huberdeau at number one with 82. He's only five points behind of the lead. So he can definitely like makes make some ground in the next few games. And then Matthew Kachuk, 66 points. Uh, he sits 11th. And then Elias Lindholm with 61. He sits at, he's tied at 18th. And then it's just been a crazy year. And obviously you look at the numbers from Jacob Markstrom. He has the most shutouts in the league with eight. Uh, he's almost close. He's, he's, he, he has tied a franchise record for most shutouts in a season, which was set by none other, none other than uh, Mika Kippersoff uh, back in 05-06, where he won the Vezina Trophy. And even, even save percentage for Markey, he sits fourth with a 0.927 save percentage. Uh and goal, his goals against average is phenomenal as well. 2.12 goals against average. He's been the top, one of the best goalies in the league. Um, obviously, Igor Shesterkin, the Rangers wouldn't be anywhere without him. So he, I think he's the top goalie in the league right now, but not to take anything away from Jacob Markstrom. Yeah, and, I agree. Mm-hmm. It, it, Markstrom's been playing out of his mind, but I do think he isn't that. I think Shesterkin's, it's his... He's playing one of the best seasons in the wall of hockey. Yeah, of all time. Yeah, and uh, you know, I I'd say Mark Strom is a is a close second. Uh, I'd say third, maybe you throw Frederick Anderson. And I, I I still think he beats out Anderson. It's just like it's just a few little numbers here and there because Freddie Anderson uh, has a point nine two eight save percentage, and Marky has a point nine two seven, and their goals against averages are just like a few numbers off. So. It could it could be that Marky takes him over the next day, uh, Freddie takes him over the other day. So it's, it's just like conflicting numbers at the moment. Yeah, but Markstrom also has eight shutouts compared to Fred Granson's three. So exactly yeah, count that. <laughs> but I, I do think if we're talking about Vezina Trophy, I think it'd probably go to Shisterkin. yeah. It's it's Honestly, definitely uh, going to Shesterkin. Yeah, and this leads right into like a subtopic where uh, about the NHL awards. Obviously, the heart, it's like there's not a bona fide number one player that deserves the heart. There's a lot of candidates out there, including Shesterk and McDavid, Huberto, uh, Johnny Gaudreau's up there, Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews will obviously win the Rocket Richard. There's no question about that. And the other award that the, uh, definitely the Flames can look forward to are definitely the Selkie and then Jack Adams. One thing I will say, there's a lot of Flames fans out there that say uh, Elias Lindholm is the Selkie candidate. He wouldn't be my Selkie candidate off the Flames. Sure. It'd be I Matthew Kachuk. It'd be yep. Matthew Kachuk. He's having one of the best defensive years in his career, and he, he should be up there. Obviously, you're not going to beat Patrice Bergeron, who's the model player for the Selkie Award and one of the best defensive players in the league. But if we're talking about the best two-way player on the Flames this year, it's Matthew Kachuk. I'd 100% agree. You look at his, like, analytical numbers, he's ahead mm-hmm. of uh, Lindholm by a decent amount. If you, But if you are talking about Selkie, you're talking about hockey reporters and writers, it's the most likely it won't be 
their pick from the flame. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, Lindholm obviously does kill penalties and power play mm-hmm. and all that. You know, Kachuk obviously doesn't kill penalties, but mm-hmm. I think that line is 100% run through Kachuk. He, he's a major, ma- major driver of that line. Him yep. joining through obviously driver, but I think even even if you take you take uh, Kachuk off that line, 100%, it's not doing what they're doing right now. I mean, yeah, to, to an extent, but there's also the point that, like, obviously the media does have a sort of a bias against Matthew Kachuk just based off of what's happened in the past with obviously the off-the-track stuff, which yeah. uh, still lives rent-free in Oilers fans' minds. They still call him a turtle even two years after the incident happened. Um, and then, obviously, just other conflicting stuff that, media members don't really like about Kachuk so it's just like a bias towards him but we won't really get into that <laughs> and uh, obviously the next other like the other award that uh, Flames fans and the Flames can look forward to is obviously the Jack Adams uh, for uh, Sorry, just, best coach of the year just mm-hmm. real quick I want to go back to the Selkie for just one second here yep. I pulled up the plus plus minus stats I know no one likes the plus minus stats, but we're talking about hockey writers here, and this is what they use. Yep. If you look at the top five, you look at the there's three forwards in it. The top mm-hmm. forward is Lars Lindholm with 45. Yep. Second is Johnny Udrow with 44, and fifth is Matt Kuchak with 36. Number four and uh, four, sorry, number yeah. three and four are Taze and Ekblad, who are both defensemen. So the top forwards, the top three forwards are all the Flames' top line. That just the best how line of the league. Dominated they've been. Obviously, no one likes the plus minus stat. It's a horrible <laughs> stat, but you have to use it, and in this case, it does help. The yeah, if, it, especially if it uh, especially if it helps uh, push an agenda. So it, it helps. <laughs> it helps, and um, obviously, we're talking about the Jack Adams for Coach of the Year. Daryl Sutter is definitely in the discussion. He did, he took one of the worst teams last year in the league. To being a top tops like top five statistically in the league, to taking them to one of the best player best teams in the league at the moment, and he definitely deserves his flowers for that. And also, there are other coaches in the league that are in the running for the Jack Adams, but Daryl Sutter, man, what a guy, <laughs> what a guy. Yeah, he's he's really helped this team, and they're like pretty much top five defensive uh, stats, offensive stats, like goaltending stats, pretty much, I think everything except like finishing or something like that, they're pretty yeah. much top five. And, mm-hmm. you know, this team is obviously hurt with finishing, but we've, we've added a couple of guys, but we'll see yeah. what uh, the Jack Adam, I think it's a, it's a toss of a coin. It could go to literally anyone because it's hockey writers again. Yeah. It's, there's also like, I mean, I do have, we do have a slight bias, but if we're thinking of best coaches in the league, I think like if you look at the top, top five teams in the league right now, uh, it's like number one, it's Colorado. Carolina is second. Florida is third. Tampa is fourth. Toronto is fifth. All five of those teams are already, people already thought they were going to make the playoffs. Like it was, it was a no, no discussion or no debate. And the Flames were obviously, people were saying they'll make the playoffs under Sutter. People were like, oh, their core won't do much. They won't make the playoffs. They won't do this. And they're out here, sixth in the league, tied with teams like New York and Pittsburgh. And 
they have the best they have the best pro, uh, point 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 percentage of those teams and they're just three points back of Tampa at the moment two behind uh, Toronto and they're leading the Pacific at the moment which people pe- people thought uh, Vegas was going to win but even though Vegas does have those injuries like Mark Stone's out and they're they still have Robin Leonard out a lot of people didn't think the Flames would win the division people thought they'd barely be a wild card team or like second or third but mm-hmm. Right now, they're the best team in the Pacific Division and the second best in the Western Conference. And it's not like it's like one or two points. It's, it's yep. a crazy amount of points. I, let me just check right here. But Yeah, um, it's, it's a five-point lead on LA for second and then a seven-point lead on uh, Vegas. And the Flames have two games, on, uh, two games in hand on both of those teams at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's, those are crazy numbers. Five points in the mm-hmm. second best, the next best team with two games in hand. That's yep. not like a, a close battle. That's a, a, a major gap between those two teams. And I know Vegas has obviously had a decent amount of uh, injuries this season. Yep. You know, with Jack Eichel taking time to get come back, but now he's back. Mm-hmm. But then immediately Mark Stone goes on the IR. And, you know, Robin Leonard's had a couple... Uh, yeah, there, people but... do have their conspiracies about that. Mark Stone yeah. going on the LTIR because uh, obviously we saw what Tampa did last year with Kucherov. And then, yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, not a lot of people believed in this team. There wasn't a lot of confidence in this team. People, people thought it was going to be another year of boring hockey. The Flames being mediocre again and Daryl Sutter hockey's boring. But Obviously, the lead, the team is just getting noticed. And we're, and we're 57 games into the season for the Flames. And they're just getting noticed out there. And like just recently on Twitter, people are just saying, oh, are the Flames real? They have been real this whole season. They're not the, they're not the Edmonton Oilers where uh, full, uh, Oilers fans were calling them real after uh, five straight wins or like the first like two months of the season where they were the best team in the league. You like it's just like, where have all of these people been that are just believing in the flames? They weren't there, they didn't believe in this team, they didn't think this team would be top tier, and now they're all biting by uh, like punching a wall that this team is a top 10 team in the league. Yeah, 100% agree. They they just it's crazy how people have just started to notice the flame, the, the flames is, but this team has been uh very, very, a very, very good team the whole season. And, you know, they are playing some really, really good hockey right now. Mm-hmm. And definitely uh, playing good. Uh, it, it obviously has, like, the minuses and, like, the little flaws that people will point out time and time again. And so that leads into our next little subtopic of this uh, segment. Uh, most disappointing and most surprising players from us so far this season. I'll start things off. Uh, most disappointing player... For uh, me, it's obviously Dylan Dubé. Dylan Dubé uh, going into the season, obviously he got the three-year extension done during in, in August, which was her last episode, ironically. The, the last one we recorded was talking about the Dylan Dubé extension. And going into the season, obviously there were some really good expectations on Dylan Dubé and people thought he was going to do good, especially uh, I did as well. And a lot of people out there as well, because... He had two good years, 1920. He was very good. That was his breakout year in the playoffs, especially. And then last year was pretty solid as well. But then 
this year uh it's really taken a downfall for his game you can you can see him on the ice he it it doesn't really look like he has that confidence in himself and confidence in his shot because at times he usually passes up on those clear shots and he just passes it off which i it's really i mean it's not really that big of a concern for someone his age but it is concerning because we saw it with uh we saw it with guys like uh we we've seen it around the league where players that are very young if they start losing confidence in their game they either end up being role players or not as good as expected obviously if you look at a, a big prime example we're not going to compare them to cuz they were drafted in different rounds but another major player that we can relate to is Sam Bennett. He didn't meet those expectations with the flames. And as soon as he gets traded, uh, he, he, he kills it, but it's just like too many expectations and just the buzz around a player on the team. It's just, I'm not really saying it's a bad thing, but especially for a guy like Dylan Dubé, uh, I, I really think it, it does go into your head. Like, now there's a lot of talk on Twitter about that line. Obviously, Lucic, Monahan, and Dubé now, which is the new line. But I don't know, man. I had some huge expectations for Dylan Dubé going into the season. So, uh, what are your uh, most dis- uh, who is your disappointing player of the year, uh, Harkirin? Yeah, you went with Dubé. I had to go with uh, Sean Monahan, and um, right now he it's through fifty seven. Uh, 22 points and eight goals and 13 of those have come on the power play. So five on five, he, he barely has anything. And, and Sean Monaghan used to be this amazing top line center. Who's my favorite player? Exactly. Favorite player. Yeah. You know, bona fide 20, 30 goal scorer. He, he was, he was amazing, but it's just injury trouble. And it's just, I guess the organization hundred percent did not handle the injury properly. Yep. They had mm-hmm. him play through horrible. And like he was, I remember there was that quote, I believe it was Johnny Gaudreau. He was like, uh, he, or maybe it was Sean Monahan. Someone said that it, he would go down to for a face-off and his back would just lock in and take him. Lock in, yep, 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 yep. Yeah. And I, I remember that last year when he uh, did get injured, uh, there was definitely, like, after, at the end of the year, there was, there, there was conversations about uh, him not just, like, he used to dread, like, on a road trip that Johnny laid out uh, on a road trip to Vancouver last year. He was dragging himself while walking to the rink. That's how bad bad the hip injury was. And for someone as young as Sean Monahan to have a hip injury this early on in your career, it's a concern. It, it really is. is, yeah. Like the amount of surgeries he's had in the past few years, obviously the the many wrist wrist surgeries, like in 18, 19, he was playing through three wrist injuries and then uh, I remember a quote where he, he used to take pa- uh, painkiller injections just to play through the pain of those injuries, which like as much as a player is a warrior for, for playing through injuries, but if it's hurting your team and not helping out the player, you should definitely shut him down. Mm-hmm. 100%. And, you know, last season, there wasn't very much hope for the Flames going into the playoffs. Yeah, uh, yeah. We were... At some point, the bubble team, but most of the time, it was the team knew they weren't going to make it to the playoffs. They should have just, mm-hmm. uh, 
you know, told Monaghan to take the rest to get you know, get healthy and come back to the next season. And with just just team the organization just didn't do that. They made him play throughout the full season. Yeah, and that's hundred percent hurt his growth and it, it's really. It, it, as the number shows, it's really declined his game. But, uh, yeah, it's something I'm not sure what the organization has to do to either get Monaghan going or maybe – so I guess you could – that $6 million cap hit is not, also not helping. Yeah, with, uh, with uh, big contracts coming up. And especially, like, he wasn't even injured, like, mid-season. He was injured after the sixth game of the season. And he played, like, many, many more games that – for the season like if you look at his numbers last year they weren't they weren't at that level that we expect Sean Monahan to be at and it's a concern like obviously for me he was one of my favorite players to watch uh ever since he came into the league and it, it it's upsetting to see his downfall uh it it really is cuz like even now looking at his like the playing through that injury last year let's just say the uh, reports are true. If he was injured into the sixth game of the season, he only missed six games last year. He played 50 games. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I, there are answers as to what went wrong, but I think if anything should happen down the road, it's that like the path for Sean Monahan on this team is becoming very small and it's looking like he won't be a Calgary flame uh, after this season. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. I, it looks like Monahan's time to Calgary Flames come to end because especially because that $6 million contract and mm-hmm. the players we've got to get re-signed in the off season year. Yeah. And leading right into that, the most surprising players, uh, Obviously, for me, it's going to be none other than just not just one player. It's that third D pairing, Nikita Zadorov and uh, Eric Goodbranson. Coming into the like, coming into the year, I was like, "Come on, what, what's, what's going on?" Like, especially when Valimaki was sent down, mm-hmm. and then Eric Goodbranson and Nikita Zadorov became a pairing after uh, knowing what what type of players and the seasons they've had before joining the Flames. Um, It wasn't even just me. There were many people around the Flames fan base that were like, this thing isn't going to work out. Like, it just wasn't. Like, even I, I I jumped the gun, obviously. Many, I've jumped it many times, but in preseason, the first preseason game, against the Oilers, I was like, I will be upset if uh, Eric Goodbranson is playing 15-plus minutes uh, for 30 games in the season. Yeah. And obviously, he's definitely doing that. <laughs> and he's killing it. And Nikita Zadorov, obviously, they gave up that third-round pick. Um, I think it was a third. Yep, it was a third uh, for Nikita Zadorov. And... Honestly, I was like, what are, what is this team doing? They have the pieces. They had Connor Mackey. They had Yusuf Valamaki as well. But they've honestly shattered my expectations for them, and they've run with it. Yeah, they, they really have. They've been an amazing – like, I 100% agree with you. I did not think that would have been – you know, when they were put together, I didn't think that would be a good pairing. <laughs> I was I was worried put, uh, of them playing above guys like – yeah. Connor Mackey, obviously, um, playing above Yusuf Almaki. 
I know you so mm-hmm. well, Mikey, had a bit of a hard time, but you know, I, I was worried because I'm playing above them. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, this the second half of those games that they really, they really come together and they they're really solidified that defense with uh, threefold pairings that we can roll. Mm-hmm. And it's not even that they're just solid defensively. Like Eric Goodbranson has already tied. Like, <laughs> we laugh at his career high. It's uh, 14 points. Not like I'd ever get that much if I was a player in the NHL. But 14 points for Eric Goodbranson is something I didn't see coming. And then Nikita Zadorov being a, a defensive monster out there. And then Eric Goodbranson doing almost the exact same thing. So it, it, it was unexpected. I didn't see this coming just like you or hear it. But Wow. Eric Branson and Nikita Zadorov. Like, obviously, they will have off games here and there. Like we saw in uh, against Washington where Nikita Zadorov had three penalties. But they've been solid year-round. So uh, who, who's your uh, most surprising player this year, Harkirin? Uh Yeah, and so uh, I have to choose another defense. I had to choose Rasmus Anderson. Yep. You know how good Rasmus Anderson is. Like, the, the year before last... We saw him. He he came mm-hmm. in, and then after I believe halfway through the season, he signed that uh, that contract with for yeah, uh, sorry, four and a half million. Six years, four, yeah, yeah. And so we saw that, but then last season he came in, and Rasmus Anderson was one of the worst defensemen on that deep D line, and and I I, mm-hmm. uh, it, I guess it really helps with him and Hannafin. Had they've solidified that top pairing. Yep. And Marcus Anderson right now has uh, 35 points through 57 games. 33 Yeah, and that's – he's he, – like, I put out a tweet uh, just a few months ago where he already beat his uh, career high in points and in, like, not even half of the games. Mm-hmm. He, he has been playing amazing. Uh, he's on that top power play unit. And yep. he plays all situations for flame, penalty kill, power play, five and five, five and four, all of it. And he's really been – one of the factors that I, I, you know, you say Johnny Gajor, you say Lars Lundholm, you know, those guys. But I think without that pairing of Hannafin and Rasmus Henderson yep. playing well, that defense core, it was worrying to see. Like, we, we saw what uh, Anderson did last year, and he really was struggling. And then you look at the defense core, there wasn't very much on there. So the emergence mm-hmm. of Oliver Shillington again, and he's been playing amazing. And you got yep. and the Hannafin Anderson, and then Chile and uh, Tanner pairing, they've really solidified. And like you said, the door of Cabranson, that defense has really solidified three pairings that they can completely roll out and play pretty much all situations. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, like even one of the concerns going into this season was the decor without Mark, Captain Mark Giordano, who's now a part of the Seattle Kraken. Um, obviously, with Geo leaving, someone had to step in. And that guy's to your point, that guy has been Rasmus Anderson. Yeah. And then now the emergence of Shillington with uh, Chris Tanev, which obviously is amazing because Tanev did that with Noah Hannafin last year. And now he's doing it with uh, Oliver Shillington. He did that with Quinn Hughes when he was a part of the Vancouver Canucks. But yeah, to your point, Rasmus Anderson has been the best defenseman uh, for the Flames this year, without a doubt. Now on to obviously the biggest event uh, of the NHL year is the trade deadline, which we didn't, I mean, we did have last year, but I was just going to say we didn't, I was going to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But 
Uh, obviously, the trade deadline, the Flames aren't really out on any names, like out yet acquiring pieces. Obviously, after the big trade with uh, Tyler Toffoli from Montreal, people thought the Flames were going to be out. But I do think the Flames will acquire a, a, a slight p- uh, minor piece, like maybe a defenseman or like a depth forward, which would be ideal. But based on cap hit and stuff like that, that it would be interesting to see uh, what the Flames do at the trade deadline. So let's get right into it. So Harkira, what's the cap hit looking like at the moment for the Calgary Flames? Cap space, sorry. Today, right now, we have $174,000 worth of cap space. (laughs) But because of some math, you can get uh, deadline cap space of $870,000 if you have cap space. so right now we have less than a million dollars, which is not a lot. Not of money. ideal. But. Yeah, and then uh, obviously uh, just like the math, math stuff out there. Uh, Ryan Pike came out with a tweet today saying that if the Flames were to send uh, Adam Ruzichka to the AHL and waive or reassign Brett Ritchie to the AHL, they could add two point six uh, two point six million dollars in cap hit. On deadline day, which, yeah. yeah, which I think if they do do that, it'd be solid because they'd be easily be able to acquire two pieces at the trade deadline with that cap cap space. Yeah, and uh, it's a good decent amount of money, but then you'd also have to lose the key pieces roster. I do. Yeah, Brett Ritchie is not playing; hasn't mm-hmm. played for a couple games here. Uh, but Adam Ritchie has been playing. Some good minutes right now. He's on a line with Montepani and Tyler Toffoli, and they, they've been mm. playing some really, really good hockey. So um, I'm not sure if the Flames would do this move just to get that cap space. But the caps the, right now it's it's ten days away mm-hmm. the uh, yep. trade deadline. So maybe the Flames give Rudita a couple of days off and down to the AHL. You know, maybe play a game or two then and recall him up after deadline. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, the cap would have to work in recalling him as well but it's it's a it's they're very situation yes they really are like if they do end up acquiring pieces it's going to be tight going down the road as well uh especially with uh bigger contracts up which we will get into but some of the deadline targets that i think the flames will look at like now right now for defensemen one of them would definitely have to be calvin dehan um his name has been thrown out ever since like January to late December. So I think, I think if the flames were to acquire him, it, I don't really know why they would to begin with. Cause our decor is pretty much set. Uh, only reason we'd be acquiring a defenseman in the first place at this point of the season is if someone goes down with an injury. Um, but yeah, what's his cap hit looking like or hear it. So uh, Kevin DeHunt, his cap hit right now. He's with Chicago Blackhawks. He has a mm-hmm. cap hit of four point five five million, but yeah. the remaining cap hit is one point one one four, and uh, he's on the final year of his deal right now. Yeah, and then the second name is obviously Robert Haig. He uh, he's playing with the Buffalo Sabers at the moment. Um, he he had a good pa- he 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 had some good seasons with the. Uh, Philadelphia Flyers but I just it just hasn't been going that well for him 
Um, but I think if the Flames were to acquire him, it'd strictly be just to just for an extra body. And uh, he he is another de- like slightly decent defensive forward. But again, there's not much out there if you want depth defensemen. And it has been said that the, if the Flames were to make a move at the trade deadline, it'd be at the last minute or like the last like the last remaining minutes of the trade deadline where they'd gauge the market, look at what's left, and then pull the trigger. So what's uh, his cap hit looking like? Yeah, for him, so uh, his cap hit's $1.6 million, but the remaining cap hit, it's, it's only 392000 So it's mm. doable with what we have right now. Uh, like I said, he's 27, and he's on the last year of his deal. Mm-hmm. And then the next name, uh, Flame, if, if you've been cu- uh, following the Flames for the last couple of years, uh, it's obviously an, a familiar name around the city, not really the city, but this team, uh, Brett Kulak. Obviously, he was on the Flames. Uh, he was a part of the Flames system for quite a long time, and the Flames did develop him, and he did play uh, a couple of games with the Flames. Um, th- the Flames did trade him to the Montreal Canadiens on October 1st, 2018. Uh, the Flames got back Renat Valiev and Matt Tarmina. Um, and the other way went uh, Brett Kulak. And two of those, the, the two players that the Flames got back aren't even a part of the Flames organization anymore or even playing in North America at the moment. So what's his uh, cap looking like? Yeah, so his uh, cap hit is uh, one point eight five million for the season, mm-hmm. and then remaining is four point five three. Sorry, four four hundred fifty three thousand. I was gonna be like four point five three. Yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> again, he's on the last year of the deal. That's pretty important. I, I'd yeah. say if the Flames were to acquire a guy, he has to be uh, some UFA player on the last year of his deal. Uh huh. And uh, just to touch on his play style. He's obviously. He can input on uh, the offensive side of things, and he is quite solid defensively. Obviously, the last few years, ever since uh, he was acquired by the Canadians, he did play on a pairing with Shea Weber, uh, but we all know Shea Weber's down with uh, the injury at the moment, which uh, might end his career or he might retire. But yeah, it would be it would be hilarious to acquire Brett Kulak again and see him in a Flames uniform once again. And then the other name is obviously Travis Dermott. Um, Travis Dermott after, uh, has been rumored to be on the move after uh, the Leafs acquired Ilya Labushkin. Um, he hasn't been the greatest of players uh, for the Maple Leafs, and he's quite often the not, not playing for the Leafs at the moment. And in uh, 42 games this year, he only has five points. And he has been struggling. Uh, his career career high in points is 17 um, in 2018 and 19 with the Maple Leafs. But it hasn't been an easy transition for him coming into the NHL from the AHL. Uh, so they are looking to move him. So um, and the Flames have, I think, I do think the Flames will be in on him, like or like they have poked in to see what his market's looking like or what the Maple Leafs want for him. So that would be an inst- interesting name to see uh, what happens down the road in the next few weeks. So what's his cap, uh, cap hit looking like right here? At- 
So for the remaining of this season, it's three hundred and sixty-seven thousand. But mm. he is, does have another year, so next year on his contract, and that's at one point yeah. five million. So mm-hmm. they'd have to figure out a way to fit that in with the 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 un uh, sorry the unsigned players on this team going into next season. Yeah, which it isn't ideal with the amount of contracts we have to sign next year. I mean, this offseason. And then a shot in the dark. Uh, recently, uh, Rasmus Ristolainen was uh, re, uh, signed to an extension by the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, five years, 5.5 million, which is weird because he's not that good. But uh, the shot in the dark player that the Flames could acquire... Um, being a def- like being a defenseman, I think it'd be Travis San- Sanheim. Uh, Darren Dreger came out with a report the after the Ristolainen extension came through. Um, he said some some are wondering if uh, Ristolainen's extension opens the door to a Travis Sanheim trade either before the deadline or in the off season. Uh, he would be high on some teams' list as he is still fairly young. He has a left he's a left shot defenseman. And his cap hit isn't a lot either. I mean, it is for some teams, but if you're looking for a solid defenseman, it's 4.675. And I I think if the Flames were to like randomly out of the, like out of the blue, just make a trade for Travis Sanheim, it'd be cool to see uh, strictly just because he, uh, he did play in Calgary with the Calgary Hitman in the WHL. So that'd be cool to see him back in Calgary again. But uh, just cap hit wise, what does his cap hit look like for the remaining seasons on his uh, deal, Harkirit? Yeah. So for this season, it's one point one million, mm-hmm. and then as you said, it's four point six seven for next season. So he signed uh, for next season as well. But mm-hmm. after that, he will be a UFA, so he won't be under team control. So mm-hmm. it'd be it'd be an interesting move for the Flames to make. They'd have to move out some money at least for this one. I would think um, maybe someone like Sean Monahan who makes a bit more than him clear up some more cap space for next season. Mm-hmm. But it it just makes it harder for it to sign the the core pieces of this team going into next season. Yeah, and so that's it for the pieces that I think the Flames could acquire uh, from the defenseman side of things. But now going into forwards, obviously the Flames got their biggest piece ever uh, under De- uh, Brad Treliving being... Uh, uh, I <laughs> I just got Tyler things mixed Toffoli. up. I was like, whoa, whoa. And just looking at the list, yeah, Tyler Toffoli. Uh, dude's been killing it ever since he became a part of the Calgary Flames. So one of the names, Cali Yarncroke. He's a solid uh, bottom six uh, center. So I think that'd be a cool name for the Flames to acquire. Uh, it has been thrown around on Flames Twitter. And he he was very good with the uh, Nashville Predators and now with the Seattle Kraken, he's not doing that bad either. So what's his cap hit looking like, Harkirit? Yeah, so for the this season, it's at $490,000. And then mm-hmm. for, uh, so that's the end of his, sorry, he's UFA after this season, but mm-hmm. uh, the actual cap hit is $2 million. He is, yeah. But he is 30 years old, so... Uh, bit getting on the older side, but he'd be a good bottom six forward for us. I yeah, think. like like with a, a Kraken team that is struggling majorly, uh, in 48 games with the Seattle Kraken, he has 12 goals, 14 assists for 26 points, which is really good for 
a player on a team like Seattle. So I think if the Flames were to acquire him, it would cost like draft stock or like a a slight, not, not, not that big of a prospect if the Flames were to trade for him. But that would be a cool name to acquire. Um, and then the other name on the list, it'd be another shot in the dark like Travis Sanheim. It'd be Jake DeBrusque. Obviously, he he needs a change of scenery. He hasn't had the best couple of years in Boston as of late. And he he did ask out for a trade. And it would cost a lot to begin with. Uh, the rumors of what the trade package would look like is like multiple picks and like a prospect, like two or three picks and then a prospect, which I don't think the Flames would do. But uh, anyways, just throwing a name out there. What uh, What's his cap hit like, Herkirit? For sure. So he's, uh, he's on the last year of his deal uh, mm-hmm. with a cap hit of 3.675 million. And he's but an RFA? Is... Uh... Yeah, so his expired mm-hmm. status is RFA, but the remaining cap is his 900000 So mm-hmm. maybe a move the Flames could make. Mm-hmm. But then again, it cost way too much. And considering how cap-strapped the Flames are going into the trade deadline and going into offseason, it's, it's not another move that I don't think the Flames can afford to make. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I do think it'd be a, it'd be an interesting one. They'd have to, I believe, move out some cap space to be able to bring him in Mm -hmm. and then obviously the biggest biggest piece that the flames acquired under daryl sutter through a mid-season trade being tyler Toffoli. uh first things first what a trade from gm brad for living as he finally pulls the trigger on a big name piece uh during the season um the the day that it happened i was uh it was weird because we saw the reports from uh, Darren Dreger and then obviously Elliot Friedman. And then obviously the trade package came out. Uh, the, tr- the trade was fairly extensive. I mean, being Tyler Toffoli, being a player like Tyler Toffoli, obviously you have to give that much up. And it's, it was a very solid trade. Um, the Flames gave up a first round, p- a 2022 first round pick. Um, which is top 10 protected, which <laughs> I don't know why that condition's in there because the Flames aren't going to, they aren't going to fall that low. And then a 2024 fifth round pick, uh, forward Tyler Pitlick and uh, prospect Emil Heineman, which was, he was acquired in the Sam Bennett trade last year. So a, a fairly decent trade, uh, obviously dumping the Tyler Pitlick contract, dude didn't work out with the Flames and, Emil Heineman, which is like a B, a B minus prospect with the Flames and the system that we have. And then obviously the first round pick being the biggest piece of the trade. But considering the type of player that Toffoli is, that was going to be a piece. So uh, first things first, what do you think of the trade, Herkirit, so far? Honestly, I, I really like this trade. I remember uh, the morning that the trade happened, there was reports that uh, talks between the Flames and Montreal were heating up. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, oh, okay, so we're going to have... Ben Sherratt. We're going to go... Yeah, first of all, I thought Ben Sherratt. Uh, when it came out, with Tyler Toffoli. I was like, okay, yeah. we're going at not, uh, one of our top prospects are going the other way. Someone like mm-hmm. Jacob Algier, Colin Zari, Matt Coronado, you know, someone like that. Yeah. But surprisingly, the biggest thing was the first round pick. But uh, I mm-hmm. thought Macho probably could have got something more 
out of this trade. But yep. the first round pick, you know, this season would have been a, a hopefully a very, very late pick in the first mm-hmm. round. And, you know, um, the prospect we got out of the Bennett trade, he wasn't anything, one of our top, top prospects, you know. Mm-hmm. And you, I, I only, I really like the, the value we got for Tyler Foley there. Yeah, and in 12 games since that trade, uh, he has 12 points, point per game pace, uh, seven goals and five assists. Obviously, he got, uh, obviously he got the first goal uh, as a flame in his first game, which I was at. The dome was rocking. Uh, Tyler Toffoli chants were out. Uh, honestly, th- that was the best uh, thing I've seen uh, at the Saddle Dome in a while, especially over the last few years where the Flames haven't been uh, at the top of their game. But wow, uh, Bradford Living finally pulls the trigger, like I said, and then Tyler Toffoli, who's been an absolute stud with the team so far. Uh, and the fact that he has two more years left of his deal which you don't really see a trade like that uh, that the flames haven't made in a while uh, obviously he has some term two years left uh, he's not a rental player obviously so a solid deal for the flames and something that a lot of people didn't see coming and then obviously there were reports that uh, why it took so long to come through the pipeline was uh the Flames wanted to include Ben Sherratt in the deal, which uh, which is scary. But thankfully, Ben Sherratt isn't a thing anymore, even though they are poking in on him. Uh, it would have been weird to see Ben Sherratt up the, a part of the deal. And then it would have cost much more. But then then again, I it's good that they didn't acquire him. But another like uh, conflicting trade that did happen was uh, the Flames got Michael McNiven, a goalie from... Uh, the Canadian systems for future considerations. Uh, McNiven, after the trade had went through, McNiven was uh, supposedly a part of the Tyler Toffoli deal at the start, but then they couldn't make the move at the moment. So now he is a part of the trade in the end. So yeah, I, I believe at the time he was injured, and mm-hmm. so they, they traded after for future considerations. So it was uh, speculated that he was supposed to be a part of that Tyler Toffoli trade. And just because he was injured, it was... Uh, he was acquired later. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the trade deadline talk. And then money-wise, uh, we obviously know what's coming in just a few months, which Flames fans are dreading. Uh, some Flames fans putting it aside and some Flames fans just uh, not waiting for the day which in which the Flames are going to have to pay some of these contracts. So Players that need new contracts. Obviously, the two bi- three bigger ones are Johnny Gaudreau, Matthew Kachuk, and Andrew Mangiapane. And after that, it's Oliver Shillington, uh, who's an RFA. Matthew Kachuk is an RFA. Mangiapane is an RFA. Uh, and then Adam Ruzichka, who's also an RFA. Uh, Eric Goodbranson. Uh, Nikita Zadorov, both of them being UFAs, and then Matthew Phillips, who's also in uh, RFA. And then the bigger name on this list, uh, Johnny Gaudreau, who's obviously a unrestricted free agent. So something a lot of Flames fans are dreading. So what do you think Johnny Gaudreau's contract is going to look like, Arkirit? Yeah, it's going to be a big one, given this, the way he's played these last couple of years, and especially this year, mm-hmm. being his contract year, and he's playing amazing fourth in points uh, in the entire league right yep. now. 
Um, I'd honestly say at nine million at least. Yeah, it's gonna it's... be a happy one. <laughs> and like, there was a article today from uh, one of the staff writers for the NHL. Uh, obviously the flames don't like uh, brad for living in the flames uh they they've been quiet um from the first day that the nego- like negotiations could have started last year um and then uh, brad reiterated that they those things are going to remain quiet that they're going to i mean they aren't leaving it till like after the season ends but they're strictly focusing on hockey and johnny did say that going into the year but again, like you said, the contract is going to be a huge one. Uh, Johnny's in for a huge payday. Uh, it's it's obvious uh, the Flames do want to sign him to a long term deal, which I think Johnny wants as well, like his family as well. They love the city, um, so I think it'd be like seven years around nine to nine point five million. And then the next big name on the list is obviously Matthew Kachuk. Uh, he already makes. 7 million and his qualifying offer alone is 9 million dollars so obviously they're gonna have to up it up uh, up it up a bit uh bring the offer to like a little bit more than the nine point just just nine million dollar uh qualifying offer so what do you think uh his deal looks like Hercure? yeah so i i think 100 percent. he does uh he's worth nine million dollars his qualifying offer he's worth it but I think, yeah, like you said, I think it'd be about the 9.5 range, another six, seven, around six or seven years deal. Mm-hmm. And then Andrew Mangiapane, uh obviously the dude, the dude's a stud. Uh, Andrew Eat Bread, um, breakout year the last two years, he's been a, he's been killing it. And I don't know why the Flames couldn't have gotten gotten it done the year he signed his extension. Uh, they waited a little to give him his money, which obviously the dude earned it. And then now they're, they've essentially shot themselves in the foot with Johnny Gaudreau's contract up and Matthew Kachuk's contract up. And now Andrew Mangiapane, who is in for a bigger payday than his last contract. So uh, it's, it's not going to be a fun one to see because coming down like it, there's a lot of other names like that we went through like there's obviously Oliver Shillington on the list as well but Andrew Mangiapane being one of the bigger ones like the top three names on this list uh I think he's he, he like I said he's in for a payday uh, I think the deal could look like uh three to four years around uh, three to 3.5 or 3.5 to four um like even his GM did reiterate that uh, a player like Mangiapane, obviously the Flames not really having success as of late. Obviously, you'd want to win a cup. Anyone would like that's what you do in the NHL. And then you'd, you're looking forward to win a Stanley Cup. And then there were those comments and people were freaking out. But what else? What else is the agent going to say? So what are your predictions for the contract, uh, Harkirit? I think for Mangiapane, he's been more than three, three and a half. I, I was thinking more four to five million. I think he's gonna be a, a lot more expensive because yeah, he's, yeah. he's pretty much at thirty goals already, and he'll put up at least forty. And mm-hmm. you're paying, you're gonna, he's gonna get the money, and it, it's gonna be, I think, at least maybe even five, six. I think if you're going a little bit longer term, you know, six, seven years, it might mm-hmm. be 
six years, yeah. five million, I think. Yeah, the only way uh, his contract would be that less money is because the term, I think the term will be low because we've seen that around the league. It's because people are taking more bridge deals to see what the team does. But if the Flames were to sign him to a long-term deal, I think the cap hit would be much bigger to around uh, 4 to 4.5, maybe even 4.5 to 5, which Manjapani has definitely earned. So has, yeah. nothing big. And then the next name on the list is obviously Oliver Shillington. The dude didn't get a chance to prove himself. And now he's finally getting the chance under Daryl Sutter. Uh, he's getting the chance with uh, Chris Tanev at the moment. And he, and he ran away with the chance. He's killed it. And he's in for another big payday as well. So my prediction for his deal would be around... Four to, f- four to five years or three to four years at around three to 3.5 or maybe even 3.75. And then wh- what do you think? What do you think his deal is going to look like, Hercurit? Yeah, I think uh, around that cap hit, three and a half to four million is, is a mm-hmm. good, good number there. And maybe I, I agree, three three to four years would be a, a good uh, place. Your for term sure. range. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the other names on the list, uh, Eric Goodbranson, Nikita Zadorov, uh, they're obviously going to ask for another pay, pay raise as well. But then the other two younger names on the list, uh, Adam Ruzichka, I think Adam Ruzichka will, uh, will get a slight, slight raise in his uh, deal at the moment. Um, obviously now he, he, he's on the uh, main roster at the moment. Uh, absolutely killing and uh, not, I mean, he is solid at the moment. And then his deal at the moment, it's it's a regular ELC. Uh, it's the final year of his entry-level contract. Uh, he's only getting paid eight, uh, 800K. So his new deal would be looking at around uh, maybe 1 million to like 1.2 million, not much. Yeah. And then obviously Matthew Phillips, uh, his name, his, he, he's been killing it in the AHL. It's nothing new. Uh, a lot of a lot of people have said that he should be getting a chance instead of guys like Brett Ritchie and Brad Richardson, which honestly should be the case because he has earned it. Uh, he's been a career top goal scorer in the AHL at the moment, and he's on his entry level deal. As, uh, no, he's actually uh, he signed a year uh, deal last year, uh, one year deal, uh, 750k. Um, RFA again, but then he's honestly, it's just weird because I don't really think with the system the Flames have that he'll be given a proper chance with the team, but it'll be fun to see what he does. So his pay raise would be around um, two years at around 925 or like like three years at around one maybe somewhere around around that range uh what do you think or cure it yeah 100% agree he's not going to be making I think more than a million dollars without playing in the NHL um mm-hmm. and I think you know two two years is good for the player and the team uh it, it probably gives a chance for Matthew Phillips the next two years really do hope he, he'll be able to you know get a spot in the NHL roster and uh, I do think mm-hmm. he sh- he's a good player. You- you've seen what he's doing down in the AHL. And uh, I think he-, he should deserve a chance to get up. But 
Uh, I don't think he'll, he'll maybe in the playoffs or deeper in the season, if we get some injuries, he might be able to uh, solidify a spot in, this, in, his, in the NHL roster. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, that's pretty much it for the players that need new contracts. Obviously, it's not going to be a fun one looking forward to uh, with guys like Johnny Gaudreau, Matthew Kachuk, and Andrew Mangiapane looking for paydays. And then, yeah, just a great year so far and happy to be back recording a couple of this episode. So, yeah, how would you feel about uh, being back into the mix of things again, Harkirit? Yeah, it's, it's really been a while since we've, uh, yeah. but uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. Uh, like to be back, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just been busy, but we'll definitely record a couple more podcasts down the road. So yeah, that's episode number six of the Flames Report podcast. I'm Taryn Jovening, and with me is Harkirit. Uh, Harkirit. So thank you guys for joining us. Yeah. yeah.